0: it's dylan james right here on jbf media out of bounds dylan james and alongside me as always tyler Sorensen. and this is our last show before christmas so come on in join in, in the conversation feel free to put your comments down below we'd love to get you involved in the show we are streaming live tonight on facebook on kick on twitch on youtube and you can also subscribe to us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms we are there out of bounds with dylan james and uh yeah thanks for joining us this evening tyler how are you sir
1: i'm doing good we talked about it a little bit on instagram how i'm feeling a little bit better so it better than last week so that's good Other no sneezing
0: than that, no coughing no you know
1: still a little bit of sneezing still a little okay. bit of sinus stuff but not not no sort strep throat nothing like that feel a lot better so that's always been that's always nice at least
0: that's good that's good good to hear uh, i'm glad you're starting to feel better especially with the holiday you know with christmas right around the corner it's in four days so if you haven't done your christmas shopping yet go on out there and get it done uh because i was even looking at things on amazon today and it looks like a lot of things are getting to that point to where you'll get it after christmas so make sure you go out there and get your christmas shopping done because i'm sure uh those shipping charges and such will be pretty high if you wait until you know two or three days before um anyway so, this evening, we'll be talking about Week 15, some of the things that happened then. we talk about the Colts and Steelers game. A lot of storylines came out of that game in particular, but we'll also be discussing um, what happened in the Chargers-Raiders game. Uh, a Also, something that I said last week, that uh, prediction that I had last week, that came to fruition. We'll talk about that and show a TikTok that we created on our JDF Media TikTok account. We'll also be discussing the Lions' beatdown of the Broncos, Sean Payton going off on Russell Wilson on the sideline, the Titans having a terrible day at the office against the Houston Texans in their throwback Oilers uniforms, and the Green Bay Packers losing their game as well. Tyler might have a little a little to say about that game this evening too. So a lot to talk about. Let's dive right on into the show. First of all, the big suspension that came out of the game, Michael Pittman Jr. getting knocked out of the game with a concussion. DeMonte Kazi came in hitting Michael Pittman Jr., leading with his helmet, led to a flag on the field, but then also led to a, a suspension by the league office on monday morning let's talk about this for a second uh not because Ka- he actually has had several instances this season already where he's been suspended or he's been fined for hits like this um already been fined five times for unnecessary roughness this season for a total of fifty nine thousand thirty dollars i think that this fu- this suspension in particular is going to take about two hundred thousand dollars out of his pocket because of the fines it'll be or because of the money it lost revenue essentially of what he would be getting if he was on the field so do you think it was a legal hit do you think it was a dirty hit do you think that it was right for the league office to suspend Kazi after that hit give us your thoughts on the
1: whole situation I think it was because obviously like you said he's been in this position before where he's been suspended multiple times I think also this is it I don't want to say it's like a dirty, dirty hit. It's definitely dirty, but it's like it's one of those hits where they're trying to get rid of it. It's especially with the whole sort of player safety sort of stuff that's been coming out. It's one of the hits that they've been trying to outlaw a lot. That with his head as Pittman was trying to go down and dive for the ball. You don't really need to do that anymore. You can sort of just let them play it out. It's not like he had the ball and was sliding for it. and You're trying to make a late decision. He never really had control of the ball. You see him start to dive. You don't really need to dive for it. Also with the targeting stuff, it could just been like a little bit later. I I think it's he's deserved to be suspended for it. I think the rest of the game is very rough, but I think it's also one of those things too, where it's like, Hey, like this is, you're not, this hit is something that we're trying to get rid of in the league. It's, there's no reason to have it. You don't want to, you want to protect your, your offensive players as well as somebody who's, becoming a little bit of a star in this league i'll say he's been a star for the past few years now michael pittman jr so i think it's one of those things where it's like hey like we don't we're putting this out there because yes you're the one that did it but this is also a notice for the league saying hey do not do this hit we do not want this hit in the nfl in any sort of circumstance or way yeah i do understand the
0: stance of Kazi and his camp and people who are coming to vouch for him. I mean, Tom Brady came out talking about this hit, saying that in years past with James Harrison, with Ray Lewis, those guys in the league, this would have been an okay hit. This actually would have been a good hit in in terms of the game. So the league's gotten soft in certain areas, which understandably so. I, I think that the biggest thing is, I mean, you look at the repercussions of some of these hits Down the road, you look at CTE, you look at you know concussions, multiple concussions. um, They're trying to avoid that, and the game is getting quicker. That's the big reason why they're trying to get rid of these hits because these hits are so fast nowadays, to where they're getting. It's a heightened insecurity when it comes to concussions that uh, you know it could have long-lasting effects on the player if this turns into something that continues to happen. So they're trying to outlaw it to where they they try to make it to where the player learns another way to hit a player in that scenario. It is tough, though, for Michael Pittman Jr. in this scenario. He was diving for the ball. So in Kazi's point of view, how else are you supposed to tackle him? Are you just supposed to wait until it's a completed catch and then just touch him when he's on the ground to where it just stops there? I mean, at a certain point, I do get both sides of the argument it was a very very malicious looking hit in my opinion it looked like it was helmet to helmet it looked like it was just he knew what he was doing he knew what he was doing leading with his helmet the way he did but at the same time what else is he supposed to do to try to dislodge that ball there's not another hit that you can really do to make sure it becomes an incompletion that that's that's the only thing to me uh I don't think it's a bad idea for him to get suspended just because, yes, it sends a message to the league saying, hey, regardless of if you're, if you're on a playoff team like the Pittsburgh Steelers or a non-playoff team like the Carolina Panthers, you're going to get suspended if something like this happens. Do not do this, which is great by the league. I'm, I'm glad they were able to do this. I'm glad they they went forward with it because it, it does sends send a message to players like that. But uh, again, it, it's very hard to say yeah I don't I don't know I mean is is there another hit do you think there was another hit he could have done besides what he did I mean it, it's he could lead with
1: his shoulder I guess but I mean he's sort of led with his shoulder anyways that was yeah. the biggest thing I thought but I think it's one of those things too where it's just like it's the whole Dennis Rodman situation like over and over again where it's like he's been in this position before he's been fined for this multiple times if this is somebody's first interference, I don't see him getting suspended for for the entirety of the for the entirety for the rest of the season again. I think I could see him being suspended, maybe a game, maybe getting ejected from that game, getting fined. But since it's been multiple times already, I think that's sort of like, hey, obviously this isn't doing it for you. You gotta we gotta teach you a real lesson here, and that's ended up what they ended up doing right there with that with the um, season suspension. But I think also with that too. I don't think Pittman really had a chance for the ball. Obviously looking back at it with like different, like sort of just looking at the highlights of, or not really highlights of it, but like looking at the views of the, of the hit, he didn't really have control of it. Didn't really have much. It would have been an amazing catch if he would have gotten it. But I think that's one of those things too, where it's like, you just, if you're the defensive back, you can't really do anything to dislodge it. You have to just try to see how the, how the play plays out and, hope that, hey, it ends up bouncing off the ground somehow and they don't end up catching it because there's not really anything you can really do to dislodge it unless you're coming at a different angle at the hands rather than at the head. And that's another point, too, that people made
0: is that Gardner Minshew should have thrown a better ball in that scenario. And, I mean, I I can't say I I disagree with that comment. I think that Gardner Minshew probably should have thrown a better ball or not thrown that ball at all. Because yeah. at that point, you're leading your receiver into that hit. And um, it's just defenseless receiver. I know that it, it's been huge over the past few years. I mean, there, there's been a huge shift in in looking out for quarterbacks and now looking out for wide receivers with defenseless receiver penalties like that. But um, it, it's it's a tough situation. Hopefully, you know, players like that will be able. And also, I think there was a stat, too, on ESPN earlier this week that 50% of of those hits that occur, or 80%, maybe even 80%, 80% of the hits that occur like that in the league are are done by 5% of players in the NFL. Yeah. Like, it's it's the same repeat offenders over and over and over again, which is what I'm trying to say. So it was something yeah. along those lines, but they, they they have to figure out a way for them to punish those who keep doing it teach them you know try to make it to where they they get punished and they just don't have they don't do it again teach them a better way to tackle I don't know and then just need to figure it out but um it, it was kind of shocking to see that he was out for the rest of the season after that hit for uh for Kazi so we'll see what Michael Pittman Jr. does I think he's still in concussion protocol at this point
1: so he probably will he not is. I think he's out oh okay well then I think Pittman's like I think he literally just got I think he was literally he went back into the game didn't he I could have sworn he did, or I heard something like that. I'm not sure. Look up the stats
0: and see. He might have. Anyway, um, another thing that happened from the Colts, Colts side of things, cornerback Tony Brown and wide receiver Isaiah McKenzie both have been suspended for the rest of the regular season, not by the league, but by the Colts themselves. I mean, this is a huge move for a team that's that's looking to be in a playoff spot in the next few weeks in week 18, and they're getting rid of two of their players. Something must have happened. No word has come out yet as to what had happened. It was apparently conduct detrimental to the team, but that's all they've said so far. No leaks have come out from the team about what this could be, but... Do you see this as just a a way for the team to kind of set a precedent as well moving forward in this organization with Shane Steichen as the head coach there? Just say, hey, things like this will not fly, even if we are chasing a playoff spot.
1: Yeah, I could see it as well. Since it is a cornerback and wide receiver, I could I could see it being fighting between the two during practice. People get hot. I know I've seen I've done it myself. People, especially in especially playing in high school, I've gotten into fights with with defensive linemen, people always get in fights that way, so I could see it doing it like that, especially in a in a push where it's like, hey, we're not playing eyeball anymore. We're playing team ball, and they've been doing pretty well with it, and I think that could be the reason why, and especially, too, oh, also, I did look at it. Michael Hitman did have a full participation in practice today, so apparently he could be back for this week, which I mean, never right. hit like that and doing that, but I mean, that's Was the he in protocol? I don't think he was. It doesn't hmm. look like he was at all, so... Oh no, he does still need to be cleared by an independent neurologist. Okay, so, so he was in he was in protocol. He was, still, he was in protocol, but he's still he's been he's been practicing. So, okay, well, positive sign, at least.
0: Positive sign for him. Uh, hopefully, he'll be able to make it to the field this weekend for the Colts and see how they play the rest of the season. I'm sure my good friend Ryan Hoover is is hoping that the Colts make it to the playoffs this year. But uh, uh, the whole AFC right now, Colts, Texans, and Jaguars are tied in the division for the AFC South title. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. And I thought the Titans were going to win the division. So I'm I'm wearing this as a an homage to the last time we won the championship or the title of AFC South champions. Um, but, yeah, unfortunately, the Titans are not there this season. So we'll talk more about their game in just a little bit. Um, but those are the two main storylines I want to talk about before we got into the Week 15 recap. Um, Chargers-Raiders was the first game that I wanted to discuss this evening. Raiders blew them out blew the chargers out. 63 to 21 was the final score. 21 points was generous. It was it was garbage time touchdowns in the second half for the chargers. The Raiders were just dominant in this game completely from from start to finish. And even before that game occurred, I had said something on this show, a prediction on this show that came to light the next morning. Brandon Staley is still a terrible head coach. I believe that next week, when we have a show here for Out of Bounds, Brandon Staley will no longer be the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. After this game tonight, we will probably see a firing of Brandon Staley tomorrow morning. If he's not fired tomorrow morning, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, Justin Herbert should be going into the office of the owner saying, I will not play anymore until I get a head coach that can actually be competent. Also, that is the JDF Media TikTok page. If you haven't done so already, go over there and follow us. We'll be bringing you some of the uh, latest and greatest in the world of sports and entertainment over there on that TikTok page. So feel free to follow us there. Um, But yeah, it it happened. The next morning, I I think Stephen A. Smith even talked about it the next morning, saying that it was like 7.30 on the West Coast if he is not fired, if uh, Brandon Staley is not fired by 10.30. Um, then it's it, it's 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 a travesty over there in Los Angeles. Well, it, it occurred. The GM got fired as well. Tom Tom Telesco got fired as well for the Los Angeles Chargers. Ownership came out afterwards saying that the team is committed to winning and that was something that you were not going to get with Brandon Staley. What are your thoughts on the Brandon Staley firing? I even before the blowout we had talked about Brandon Staley potentially getting fired anyway, and uh, the the blowout was the straw that broke the camel's back. But I know several people were talking about this earlier, and I, I even thought this too, that the team kind of quit on Brandon Staley at the end of the day. And that's the reason why they, they got blown out the way is that is. Is that what you're
1: thinking is yeah, as well? That's Yeah, that's what I think. And I think also last week I said, like, I don't think they're going to fire him unless something drastic happens. And I mean, losing 63 to 21 is drastic enough. So that's why he got fired. I genuinely do think though, still, if the Raiders, if the Chargers A didn't give up on him and B didn't give up 63 points, I could still see Brandon Saley being the head coach for that team because it is very late in the season. But I mean, hey, might as well do it now rather than wait so long. But yeah, the Chargers just gave up on him completely. I think I was watching the clip of the Pat McAfee show, and they were like, as they were talking about the the recap of the game, he got fired at like noon EST, which I thought that was funny. Just as they're talking about it, he gets fired. I'm like, that's perfect timing for it. But I mean, I mean, now we we talked about it a little bit last week how Bill Belichick could take it over. Now he's got the perfect opportunity to. The GM got fired, head coach got fired. That's exactly what he's with the with the Patriots now. So he could just basically take that role over. I know. Also, they're looking at Jim Harbaugh from Michigan, which when is he not linked to different NFL teams? So if he wants well, to be back, I can. But I don't think he will. I
0: think. Jim Harbaugh in particular, I think that he is going to be in the league this year, this coming up year. I think he's going to get in the NFL again. I think there will be several jobs that are open that will interest him, that will intrigue him enough to get him out of Michigan, especially if they win the national championship. If they win the national championship, even if they lose the national championship and at least win – this coming up game against i think it's uh, i think it's bama i think is they're it bama? facing
1: bama and washington's facing texas
0: that's right yep yep because michigan's number 1
1: I, I i seriously
0: think that if jim Harbaugh wins one of those games they will he'll go to the nfl regardless of what happens in the national championship so yeah so, they
1: do play they play alabama on the 1st yeah but the one thing i could say though is if he gets suspended for the cheating scandal that happened this year with, which he did already from Michigan. That wasn't a NCAA ruling. That was from Michigan itself. He got that three, three game suspension. So if they find him like, Hey, you had a hand in this somehow word gets to the NFL. He could be blacklisted for another year, which I could see happening. Do I think it really will? Probably not with the amount. Of, I think this year is going to be the most, I don't want to say t- turmoil but like turnover centric like head coaching positions that we've seen in a long time because I could I can name like almost ten places right now that it will probably be looking for a brand new head coach defensive coordinator offensive coordinator positions that like I think Jim Harbaugh obviously I think he's looking for a head coaching position but look at all the people that are also looking for head coaching positions with uh oh my god Ben Johnson Bob Johnson Ben Johnson the Lions OC uh I think it's Ben Johnson Ben Johnson. I, I believe something came out today where he was looking for like 15 mil a year to coach, which I'm like, I mean, Hey, he's worth it. But I mean, like I, if you're some of these teams where it's like, obviously we saw some of these teams go for like one and done year coaches because of these different office quarter giving up on it. But I could see, I could see people being like, Hey, we want the new coaches. We don't want these old coaches, these older style coaches, So I could see it being that sort of year where it's like there's going to be a lot of different coaching stuff coming out within the next few years. Yeah, and you also see the teams that will have openings. So the
0: Raiders potentially will have an opening unless Pierce decides to keep that job, which scoring 63 points a week after you score zero might help his case moving forward. You have the Raiders job. You have the Panthers job. You have the Chargers job now. You also potentially have the Washington commander's job because I don't think Ron Rivera is going to make it past this year, especially if they, if they don't win two of the last three games they have on their schedule. I just don't see Ron Rivera staying there in Washington.
1: No, I really, he shouldn't. I think I I, I
0: don't, I, I don't see him staying there regardless, but him staying there after the last three games and only losing, you know, and only winning one of them potentially, that's not a good look for Ron Rivera. So I think that that will definitely have an effect on the Washington Commanders. So therefore, they'll be looking for a head coach too. The Patriots could also be looking for a head coach as well, which it sounds like all the ports are saying that Bill Belichick's gone after this season. So a lot of turnover this year.
1: Yeah, Falcons, Bears, I could see them firing their at least OC if not head coach with Matt Eberflus. Well, it's like a lot. I mean, so, absolutely. So Jim it. Harbaugh,
0: that's... Jim Harbaugh, I I there's no better time to get in the NFL than now. I, I don't think an NS, NCAA suspension or talk of a suspension is going to deter any team in the NFL from bringing him on. Because there's there's no there's no, there's no recruitment, there's no ta- like there is tampering, yes, but there's no recruitment involved when it comes to the NFL. So they don't really have to worry about anything any allegations of any of that wrongdoing. In the NFL. It's kind of like just kids play. Just keep it in yeah. keep it college. in college and we're the pros. We don't we don't care about that.
1: So well, uh, I could see the I could see the NFL handing down a suspension for at least two games if the cheating scandal is a thing. But again, that's that's if they want to put their nose into college football, which if they do, I feel like it will be frowned upon. I don't know if that's the right yeah. like saying, but I think it'll be very weird. If the NFL decides, hey, yes, you're going to get a job. Yes, say say he does decide I'm going to leave Michigan. I'm going to go to Carolina for some reason. It would be weird if you does say, hey, the is suspending you. We're actually suspending you two games as well because of this, even though we haven't done any of our own independent uh, investigation stuff, which I think which they like to do, especially when it's something as sort of weird as that whole situation was and how it got found out and everything like that.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I I, I don't I don't see the NFL dipping their toes in that conversation because they they haven't really talked about I mean I don't know. I I just don't see it happening. I think Jim Harbaugh that the NFL wants Jim Harbaugh in the NFL. And and college football wants that's why we haven't seen a suspension from college football either or in the NCAA either now. Because the playoffs are happening, they want Jim Harbaugh to be there in the playoffs, and, and it really, I mean, if it wasn't for Michigan, they would have probably let him coach the rest of the season as well. Whenever Michigan laid down their suspension, so he he they want him there. They 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 want the the script to be there, to, the script to be executed the way it should be, and the script is Michigan and Alabama playing with Jim Harbaugh versus versus Nick Saban for television revenue. that is going to be huge for them. So, um
1: I think they're hoping for a either Michigan, Texas or Alabama, Texas. I don't think they want Washington to to beat Texas on the first. I think that would be I think if you if you're the NCAA, I think that's the worst the worst thing that you can get is if Washington makes it because of how even though it is Washington, they're a smaller market college team. Like if you get Texas, Bama, that's going to be Insane. Well, especially but,
0: how lopsided TCU versus Georgia was last year. They I don't mean, want that's why that again.
1: Florida State didn't get in. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Washington's a lot better than than TCU. Though. You hope so. You hope so. Um,
0: again, we're not a college football show, but but still, I mean, it, it is really fascinating to look at the playoffs and look at the teams that get in. We talked about, it, I think we talked about a little bit about Florida State last week and and how. They kind of got snubbed in that scenario, being undefeated, You know, only Power 5 school to win their conference championship, undefeated, and still not getting to the playoff. It's all very subjective, all very opinionated. Um, It'll be much better, I think, when it's 12 teams. There'll be less conversation on the back end of of 12 teams, like Team 13 and 14. I know ESPN keeps talking about there's still going to be conversations about Team 13 and 14 saying they didn't make it. I don't think there's
1: going to be as much conversation about that. Yeah, that's sort of the same thing as why the NFL went to the seventh seed. I think a lot of people nowadays are saying like, well, the seventh seed is just basically a free buy for the two seed. Like there hasn't really been anything massive from it, especially in the NBA as well with the whole play in. Obviously, last year was a little bit different with the heat going from the play into the championship game. But it's like once the NFL has that happen, then I think we'll start talking about we'll start respecting the seventh seed. But once obviously it's going to be different in college football because I think they started the tradition like the four team college football players like what five six years ago and now they're going to 12 which it, next year is going to be insane but it's like you look at some of these teams that will be playing in it. i think i think this year what it would have been like coastal carolina facing off and they haven't really done anything this year ucf would be playing like hey don't teams talk bad are bad about ucf okay hey, i love UCF. go Knights. UCF, ucf was ucf was a mile away from full sale so i charge I on love UCF. yeah i love charge ucf on. but but i mean like you can't really I think, uh, no, Boise State wouldn't have made it. But I think Arizona, or not Arizona, um, New Mexico State would have made it. I think they're technically the 14th seed. So I think they might have just missed the cusp. But I mean, like, you really want New Mexico State in your college football playoffs all that much? Like, as much as I love the Mountain West, it's not, like, you face off against, you face Mountain West versus Alabama, they are going to get crushed. Crushed. They're, they will die 100-0. to And... I know we don't talk much about college football on this
0: show. I do urge everyone watching the show tonight to go talk, go, go listen to Chip Kelly's press conference after his bowl game this past weekend, talking about how college football should all be independent. All college football teams should be independent. No conferences, make it to where you kind of rotate throughout the country every year. I, I, Great idea. I, I think that in execution, it might be a little bit difficult to kind of get everybody on the same page about, hey, let's, this is how we're going to be doing it from now on. But I think it's a great idea. Hopefully they look more into it in the coming years as the college football playoff expands to 12 teams. I think that would be something that would be very interesting, especially with how much money they're raking in with college football. They're getting to a point to where they say, pretty much the, the, the conversation was, look, the NFL's model is successful. Why are we not doing that in college football? Yeah. And the NFL is I mean, the most successful sports league in the in the United States. Why are we not following that same model in college football and being as successful as they are? Great discussion. Go watch it. It was on Pat McAfee as well. He had an extended interview with Pat McAfee too earlier this week. I think it was on Monday or Tuesday. He had that interview, yeah, so go check it out. It, yeah, him and
1: um Matt Rule from Nebraska, which, to, again, two former – NFL head coaches that are that is that is sort of fizzled out in the NFL, but they're still very good college football head coaches. Like they know how to get their players riled up and they know how to recruit. And they're talking about the downsides of it because obviously Matt Rule's in Nebraska. Who really wants to go to Nebraska? Obviously they haven't really done much. And Chip Kelly's in UCLA, who hasn't really done anything since the early 2000s. So yeah. it's like one of those things where it's like like oh UCLA beat Boise State this week or last week in. I don't remember what the bowl was called, but they beat them. And it's like, you. Like if you're UCLA, you're hoping to get more, especially going into the big 10 next year, which that's going to be insane. The travel for that's going to be insane, especially when you have the big 10, which is primarily Midwest with New Jersey. And then now you're adding two teams from SoCal to it. It's going to be a rough, rough time for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, one last point before we move on with the chargers conversation if you were choosing between Bill Belichick and Jim Harbaugh for the chargers, which of those two do you think has the highest probability of actually becoming the head coach there in Los Angeles?
1: Bill, I think you look at his past, obviously Jim Harbaugh is, is a very good head coach in college in the NFL. He wasn't really as to snuff as he was. Obviously he was part of the regime before the new regime for the 49ers where it became very, very good. But if you look at Bill, Obviously, his defense is still amazing. He obviously doesn't have a quarterback, but his defense, he's still able to make something out of nothing. I think he's got all the building blocks that he doesn't need to build a team around Justin Herbert or around that defense anymore. They still have very good defensive players. I think you just need a coach that's able to come in and know how to play the right sort of scheme rather than Brandon Staley, who was a, defensive, who was a D3 coach before he came to the NFL. Yeah, I think that's the only way you can really put it.
0: No, yeah, I, I I agree with you completely. I think that Bill Belichick would probably be the best choice, in my opinion. I don't think it should be GM head coach. We talked about it no, earlier no, in the season. God, no. Should not be the double the double th- role that, that Bill has. I think Bill should just focus solely on being a head coach, having a GM there alongside him. But I, I definitely think Bill Belichick is the right move for the Chargers yeah. going into the offseason.
1: I think he I think he wants the GM head coach role. But I think if you're the Chargers, I think you're like, hey, we'll give you that role. But we're having our own assistant GM there with you. So that way, once you do leave, which will probably be two, three years from now, he's up there in age. so I don't think he's going to be coaching for much, much longer. But once he does leave, then it's like, hey, we have our GM there already. That's been underneath Bill a little bit that understands how to do it. And then we have our new head coach. I just. I feel bad for saying this because I love Keelan Moore and I love his what he did for the boys for Boise State but it's like I feel bad for him because obviously he turned down the head coach role because I think he understands like hey no matter what he's not getting it but I really hope Bill does keep him with this offense because I think he was he was doing okay he didn't look great but I think he's too smart for his own good at points and we I think we saw it a lot with this Chargers offense
0: are you surprised that Callum Moore didn't get the interim tag I I'm pretty sure it
1: came out. I'm pretty sure he came out and said that he denied it. He said he didn't want it. So I could see him doing that because then it's like, hey, I'm able to try to keep my job as the offensive coordinator actually with whoever comes in. Obviously that might bring the wrong guy, but if especially if it's Bill, he doesn't really have a offensive coordinator. He has what? Bill O'Brien is the offensive coordinator right now in in Pittsburgh. And he hasn't yep. or not or in, Pittsburgh yeah, in yeah, New England. Yep. In New England. So he hasn't really had a good offensive coordinator since McDaniels, and we saw how he did as a head coach. So I could see him trying to be like, hey, look, if Bill comes in, keep me as your offensive coordinator. I've been in here with these guys. I know how they work. I can I can keep my system going underneath your underneath your scheme. So it could work that way. But, again, it all depends on if Bill wants to bring over people from New England.
0: Also, another thing for me, too, I think Kellen Moore didn't take it just because if he does take it, and they suck the last three games, that tarnishes his name for any other team that wants him as a head coach. Yeah, it really does. At this it... point, stay OC. If there are issues, it's not your fault still. It's the, it's the head coach. It's the interim head coach that's sitting next to you. And at that point, there, you'll still be the the shiny new toy for teams that are out there, the Commanders, the Panthers, the Falcons. Uh, all these teams that will have head coaching positions available at the end of the year, you'll still be a suitor for those teams and and chargers as well. But I still think he's probably gonna be somewhere else next season if he's gonna be a head coach somewhere. So I I think that's probably the best move on his part as well. Um, Let's talk about the Broncos lions. Lions came into this game kind of limping had, had struggled the past two games before this game came in though and just, took the Broncos to the woodshed 42 to 17 was the final score in this game. Russell Wilson didn't have a bad day. I think he was like 18 of 34. Didn't really have a bad day passing, but there was one sequence though that led to a, a, a field goal where they got into the red zone on second down. They were on the, they got, they ran from the eight yard. I think it was in the nine yard line to the one yard line. They said it was short of the, of the, of the end zone, I still suspect that he did get inside the end zone. The the runner did pa- get the ball past the past the uh the sticks there for the touchdown. However, they said it was a, four, a a third down at that point. Third down and one. They had another play that looked like it could be a potential touchdown as well. They said it was short of the the touchdown too. They did not review it because Russell Wilson got back to the line and and they just decided to go for a, they, I think they uh they got a, a false start at that point. I think I think they had a false start, and it led to fourth and six, and they decided to go for a field goal instead. Sean Payton laid in to Russell Wilson on the sideline after the game, said that it, it's a conversation between me and Russell. You're not going to hear it. Um, I think he was probably just getting upset with him because he was saying, look, we could have waited a few seconds, and you could have seen. We could have looked at the replay a little bit more to see if there was a touchdown potential. I think he was talking more about the third down than he was the second down. In my opinion, the second down looked like it was a touchdown. The third down looked like it was it was a little short. But at, at the end of the day, it was very public <laughs> this lashing out uh from Sean Payton and Russell Wilson did not say anything. Russell Wilson just stood on the sideline, shook his head up and down like yes sir. Like, just, I, I guess, just not, no backbone. It didn't really seem like to me.
1: Um, what were your thoughts on, on this game? I mean, I honestly, I didn't really watch it because I think this was the same time as the Packers game. So, but, I mean, this is, what, this is what happens when you're not, when Jared Goff isn't turning the ball over. He's able to have games like this. And obviously the Broncos are coming in here as one of the hottest defenses in the league with uh, Patrick Sertan Um and their defensive backs, I know they were playing really, really well. But if you're not able to, but the Lions were able to get the running game going. I think they had 175 yards, uh, rushing yards in total. Joe uh, Jared Goff had five touchdowns. So it's like, that's what you're not. If you're able to get the running game going for this Detroit team, they're a buzzsaw. They're going to run you over completely. And now they're getting a little bit healthier in the back end. I think Johnson, uh, uh, CJ GJ is coming back next week, I think, or the week after, and they face Minnesota twice. Who's going to have a very tough time, especially still with I believe Nick Mullins is still their is still their uh, quarterback. So, if you're Minnesota, though, I think you hate it because you're facing Detroit Packers Detroit in the, for your final three games. So it's going to be rough for them. But if you're Detroit, I think you like it because they're the two. They're right now they're the two seed in the NFC. They are. Struggling, they still don't have Kirk Cousins. Obviously, he's out for the rest of the season. They don't know what they're really doing at quarterback. Their defenses look great the past few weeks, but not good. Uh, good, but not great. They're uh, Justin Jefferson is still banged up. They don't. They don't really have an offense right now. Their defense is really what's carrying them. And if you're able to stifle the their Minnesota Vikings defense, you're basically number one, number two seed material. If you're able to win these three games and win out, because I think other than that, the Detroit Lions they face. They face. Minnesota, Dallas, Minnesota. That Dallas game is going to be tough because it is at Dallas, so it's in uh, Arlington, so you know how the Dallas Cowboys play at home. But if they're able to win that game, that basically makes them the two-seed if excuse me, if the 49ers uh, beat the Ravens on Christmas Day. So if you're Lions, you're looking at this game and saying, hey, look, this is what we can do. This is what we need to do every game, especially coming out to close the season out, get our first home playoff game in 25 plus years, almost 30 years now. So, but I think if you're Detroit, you're like, Hey, look, this is what we need to do, especially on teams that are coming out hot. We need to do this no matter what.
0: Yeah. Lions look. they looked really good against the Broncos. Like you said, Broncos were the hot one of the hottest teams in the AFC and uh, definitely led to a, a pretty, a pretty nasty game for the Broncos. They have to go back to the drawing board for coming up this weekend and see if they can get back on the horse. Uh, no pun intended. Um, Bucks and Packers. Bucks won this game 34 to 20 final score. Baker Mayfield had a day. Talk about it. Let's talk about it. I, I want, want to, to, I want to hear it. your talk. I want to hear your take on uh, everything that happened <sighs> because I'm sure you watched this game very intently.
1: I did. I watched this game a lot. um, Baker Mayfield has become is now become the only player to have a perfect passer rating in Lambeau Field ever, ever, ever. And Lambeau Field has been, a, has been the stadium for the Green Bay Packers since the 80s, 70s, 80s. So it's been 50 years almost, and no, nobody's had a perfect passer rating. He's the first one. And it's not like he's Tom Brady. It's not like he's somebody else, but it's Baker Mayfield, who is having a, a great season, by the way. But the one thing that beat us a lot was just We don't know how to defend the slot, and that has been our issue year in, year out. That and our running game, we don't know how to defend it. We're having DeAndre Campbell out there defending Chris Godwin. Like, you can't have that. Go into your nickel package. Go into your dime package. Get more DBs out there. Obviously, we're stretched thin on the DB end. Okay, go to the free agency and sign some more. We can can afford to get rid of some of our some of our D line depth because we need those guys. Cause right now Jair's not coming back. He's deleted all his Packers stuff. So he's probably gone. Joe Barry needs to be gone. He's playing too much soft zone. We'll get into second and eight, second and nine territory. And then we'll be like, or third and nine territory. And then it's like, Oh, Hey, here have 20 yards for free. We don't care. And it's just, it's getting annoying. Cause it's the same stuff year in year out. And it's, it's annoying. Cause we see it every single day. And you look at Joe Barry's record. It's a, it's, I don't remember who tweeted this out. Somebody tweeted out. I wish I could give him credit for it. Joe Barry's defense, since he's been a defense coordinator, you want to know what it's been? What it's been like? Tell me. Washington, Washington, thirty second. Washington, thirty second. Washington, thirty second. Detroit, uh, like twenty seventh. Detroit, twenty seventh. Us, the first year he was here, twenty twenty one, best year he had, sixteenth. Last year. 22nd, this year, right now, currently, 22nd. He's been a permanently bottom five defensive coordinator in his career. So why do we still have him? Obviously, it's the last three weeks. I know I know. Matt LaFleur was saying, like, hey, we got to go back and we got to look at the film. We got to make sure, hey, we know what we're doing. But this is the one thing that worries me, though. Matt LaFleur is buddy buddies with him. Matt LaFleur has also had his struggles this game's play calling was it was bad it was bad so it's not saying like hey like obviously go out there and have some fun but it's like it's one of those things as well where it's like packer fans are like hey why are we going after people's heads well we're supposed to be back because our offense our defense was supposed to be decent we know what we're expecting our defense is letting up games. Jordan Love had a good game, not a great game. He had almost 300 yards. I think he had like 270 something, two touchdowns. He had, I think he had an interception, so not the best game. But he shouldn't have to put our offense shouldn't have to put up 40 points a game for us to win games. Like 20 points should be enough to get us close into a game, but we just gave up 35 points, so we shouldn't be able to do that. And it's just our defense just is not good. And I think we understand that, but the amount of First round pick, first round pick, off season, first round pick, first round pick, first round pick it is insane that we have on that defense, and none of it, none of it has come to fruition. I think the only one that's been good enough, or the only two that have been good enough to be first round picks and still play in our defense for past their rookie season, Kenny Clark and Jair Alexander. And Jair is looking to be gone right now. A
0: lot going on. A lot going on. Sounds like the same story, different game for the Packers same this season. Story, different,
1: yeah. And here's the thing, though, as well. I was talking about this with a couple of my buddies. If he's not fired, uh, what is it like Fire Monday or whatever it's called after the season comes Black out. Black Monday. Black Monday. He's not gonna. He's not gonna be fired this off season. If he's not fired that Monday, he's not gonna be fired at all. That's tough. Well, fingers
0: crossed it happens for you. Um, but it sounds and like. We- I, th- I think the the ownership aka the city of Green Bay needs to have a conversation
1: about about I mean, we their had a, coaching situation. We had a players only meeting today, I think. I think I, I think Matt LaFleur was in on it, was in it because obviously he's the head coach. I think he was the one that called the meeting, but it was mainly him and all the players and I think th- I think there's a reason that that came out because of that stuff. But I also remember, too, because I was listening to 97.3, which is the Packers radio station. They're saying, hey, this is the first player we've that we have seen in a Packers uniform that's come out on social media because obviously the Packers are a very old-fashioned way. Nothing comes out on social media. Nothing gets leaked out. Nothing like that. Obviously, we have our two practices that are to the public, but we don't you don't hear stuff leaking out of the Green Bay Packers facility. You don't hear any of that. This is the first time that a player has deleted every Packers thing off of social media. And it's Jair Alexander, which is one of our best cornerbacks that we have had. And it's interesting because it's like, I'm hoping this starts the new wave of the Green Bay Packers mentality where it's like, hey, this isn't the 1990s. This isn't the 2000s. We don't have a Hall of Fame quarterback on our team anymore. We don't have a, a quarterback that's able to carry us to a Super Bowl. Obviously our defense those years were good, but it's like Rodgers carried us to the playoffs the last four years. Like the only year he didn't was last year because he was banged up and we didn't have a team around him. We don't have a quarterback that can do that this year. We need to rely on our defense and our defense can't do that anymore. Yeah.
0: Well, we'll see what happens in the off season for green Bay. Hopefully it's uh, brighter skies and greener pastures after this season for the green Bay Packers.
1: Honestly, For I hope sake. we miss the playoffs. I just, hope well, we miss, I honestly, I hope we miss the playoffs. No, this is this is an honest thing. I hope we miss the playoffs. Get that higher draft capital, draft, cap, cap, capital. draft pick, yeah, draft pick, yeah. And I don't want it to use it on the defense because I know we're going to use it on the defense. Get an offensive line help. That's what. That's another thing we need is offensive line help. We need another running back. I love AJ Dillon. I love him to death. He cannot be our backup running back right now. He's yeah. regressed to complete hell. Aaron Jones still looks amazing but we don't use him like well he's been I'm off often on the field as
0: well this season with injuries
1: i yeah true but i mean this past this last week i know i'm going on a very long rant and we have peepers picks
0: after this so we have to we have to go we quickly. do but yes so
1: sorry but he had 45 i think 45 or 47 yards in our first drive he ended the game with 50 i think 50 or 57 so why he did very good first drive. Why aren't we utilizing? Obviously we ha- obviously we had him, uh, Kenyon Drake and PT Cruiser on the field. But why are why is PT Cruiser in the game? I love PT Cruiser. He's our practice squad guy. He's been in- he's been on the Packers off and on for the past three. years. His name is PT year. Cruiser. His name is Patrick Taylor. I call okay. him PT Cruiser. I, I call him say, PT okay. Cruiser because I'm just like. No, his name is Patrick Taylor. He's number okay. twenty-seven for us. I just like the PT Cruiser nickname, just like uh, Tucker Craft. I call him Craft Mac and Cheese because I want to. I want to make a sign. I want to go to game next year. I want to say I love with Jordan Love's face, Craft Mac and Cheese. I, I just think it'll be funny. That's funny, but um, yeah, I don't know why they're. I, we gotta use Aaron Jones more.
0: Yeah. Um, last point before we get over to Alex. Uh, Jets. Dolphins. Dolphins won thirty to zero in this game. Uh, Zach Wilson was on the gr- on the ground the entire game, pretty much. Um, actually, got held out of the game. Said he had a head injury. Was not a concussion. He just told the trainers, "I have a head in- head injury. Can't go back in the game." Which I wouldn't have either with with the beating he was oh. receiving all game against the Dolphins. Dolphins got back on the horse, and Aaron Rodgers is active now. He got activated to the 53-man roster. They dropped their fullback to give him a spot on the roster. It sounds like it's just going to be for practice reps. Aaron was on Pat McAfee's show on Tuesday, I believe, saying that he's not yeah. fully healthy, he's not 100%, he's not going to go back out there w- unless he's 100% um, but we might see Aaron Rodgers before the end of the season, potentially. But they're already eliminated from the playoffs. So, um, yeah. get, get that pipe dream out, out of your mind. Um, Garrett Wilson said this season was a waste. So, I mean, I, at the end of the day, it, it does look that way. Uh, but let's yeah. quickly get over to Peeper's Picks. I know we're kind of rushing here. But Alex is actually on the road. And uh, he'll be joining us by phone tonight. So, Alex, thanks for joining us. I uh, hope you can you can hear us here. Um, Alex, you there? One second. Let me see if this works. Alex, talk again? Maybe.
1: I don't think it's working. I don't think it's working.
0: I don't hear him on my end. Um, we'll see if we can get Alex on the phone because there might be some technical difficulties. He is driving to Nebraska this evening, so I think he's going to um, get off and join us back. So we'll see how that works with Alex um, but we'll give his peepers picks in just a moment he did give us his peepers picks last week um, and he went 500 500 again once again uh, 500 on the season or close to 500 on the season 2019 is the season record and he's up four units still on the season but Chargers Raiders man I, that was one of the ones that I was kind of flabbergasted over because, I mean, I thought it was going to be under as well, given their performances the week prior. But Raiders blew that out of the water in the first half. So, uh, not a good look by by Alex there for paper's picks. But, all in all, uh, 2019 on the season, still very, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, I think he's kind of up there with the average... Sports capper, I guess you can you can say in the biz. Um, also, speaking of of bets, we did the OOB parlay last week, and we did not hit the OOB parlay last week. None of the legs hit on the OOB parlay last week. Yeah. Uh just yeah, definitely not a good showing by the Cowboys. And again, it just shows you that they're not very good at home uh this season, which is which is worrisome going into oh, the on playoffs.
1: The on the road. You said at home. Oh, I'm road. sorry,
0: on the road. Compared to at home, they're they're very very bad on the road. So, um one second, Alex is texting me here. Okay. Um so yeah, not lo- not looking very hot outside of Jerry World this season for the Dallas Cowboys. Do do you do you see them making it in the playoffs and then actually winning multiple games in the playoffs, or are they just going to do another one and done this season? I think it's going to be another one and done. Oh, it looks like we have Alex, and so we're going to go back to Peepers' picks, Alex. Thanks for joining us on the road to Nebraska this evening. How are you? Yes. One second. No, no. you hear him. I do not. So let me see if oh, I can get I hear him. him. One second here, Alex. Let me see if this works. Alex, can you hear us now? Do Did you hear him? him? I yes, don't I hear it. him. I, one second, let me see if we can figure this thing out. Um, I, I, I always love live live television, uh, live streaming. I guess you could live broadcast. Live broadcast. It's always so great to see. And um, I'm copying the link. Let me see. Uh, let's try this one more time. Actually, you know what might be the case? Even muted no hmm keep trying to talk alex for me hey hey i hear you now i hear you now yes it might have been because the volume was really low compared to uh, on your phone it's going to be a little bit louder than what it usually is on your laptop anyway let's not Mm -hmm. get into that alex how's the drive to nebraska so far
2: Oh, it's good. I've been listening to an upset Packers fan for the past five minutes. It's been getting me through the drive. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's yeah, a it's a very upset Packers fan.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty tough to to hear the losses they're getting there in Green Bay, especially with a game that they should have probably won, but um, they unfortunately won they 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 lose to the Tampa
1: Bay Buccaneers. Just think, if we lose if we lose to Carolina this week, I'm going to be more upset. Yeah. Absolutely, um, and also oh,
2: I'll be upset too.
0: Yes, and I, I, is Ange watching the show as well? Can you tell her to turn on the volume potentially? Or you, you might need to turn on down the volume on your phone potentially. I'm not sure. It sounds like there's echo in my in my headphones. Anyway, while you're working on that, um, we did talk about your picks from last week in week 15, and you are 500 on the season. Anya, um, uh, uh, no, 500 this past week with your picks and the season your 20 and 19 is your season record um so you're doing pretty well 2019 is actually still a pretty good feat for your picks for the uh papers picks and hopefully we'll be able to add to that this week with your picks for week 16
2: yeah hoping so you're gonna get feedback because i don't have my headphones they're not working part of the audio issues so.
0: got it no problem at all no
2: problem okay yeah, so should we tag them and bag them this week and go 5-0, and 6-0, since we got that bonus Saturday game?
0: 6-0. and And I don't have a graphic for you this week, but uh, we'll be able to hear all your picks through your audio. So uh, fire away with week 16 picks for Peeper's Picks.
2: Okay, I'm going to try my best. Since I'm on my phone, I can't refer back to the six that I picked. So, you know, here we go. All right, so I can't forget Thursday Night Football. It's literally happening in three minutes. Uh, okay, we're going to take the Rams tonight. Hot team. They're 5-0 and 0 ATS the last, like, five games, so that's a solid number to, to look at. They're also playing a New Orleans team that I think is regressing. Haven't really seen anything solid on them on offense, but um, I like the Rams at home. Give me minus four. Should be a, a quick tag him and bag them. Um, moving on to the bonus games we get on Saturday. Uh, there's two, two options there. We got the Steelers game against the um, – Against the Bengals and then the Bills and Chargers, I'm looking at the looking at the Bengals Steelers game. I'm looking for a bounce back by the Steelers. I'm taking the Steelers plus three. Uh, they're playing at home. Jake Browning is. Uh, I think he's been doing really well. Squeaked it out last week. However, I think um, they're gonna. The Steelers are gonna run the ball a lot. They're gonna drain the clock. I think Mason Rudolph. This is. Isn't he starting this week? Yes. Yeah, so I, I don't know. They're not going to trust him a whole lot. So put the ball on the ground. Let him run it. Steelers defense should finally show up. Um, put pressure on Jake Browning like we thought Minnesota was going to do last week. And I'll take the Steelers plus three there. Um, so going to Sunday, a uh, couple of options for the noon slate. But um, I'm going to take I'm trying to remember why I took for the noon slate. Um, Dylan, do you mind going into the, the, the tracker? Just pull it up fast. Let me know. I think I took – um uh
0: let me shoot. look here and see. It looks like you have Packers minus 4.
2: Oh yeah, I took a comeback game. Should be this should be hard, right, Tyler? This should be, should be easy.
1: I hope so, but we have we're facing Bryce Young who's a mobile quarterback and our track record versus mobile quarterbacks is not good, especially dating back to Colin Kaepernick when he rushed all over us for over 100 almost 200 yards so
2: yeah but bryce young is pretty much one of the factory workers in willy wonka i mean i would i i'm gonna go though with the packers bounce back you know the the under the over under on it is surprisingly really low it's like 36 which you know that obviously. I mean, they I don't. I know the Panthers don't put up a lot of points, and sure the Packers did last week. Or I think they. I don't remember how many they put up last week. I know the Bucks put up a twenty. Lot, we put up but, twenty
1: last week, but I think the week before is what you're talking about, where we put up like. I think we put up like yeah. almost forty.
2: Yeah. Well, the line's low, so they're expecting a low-scoring game. But I don't know. I think the Packers can easily come out of this one with the win. The Panthers won one. That means they have to lose the next three. I think that's kind of how it goes with them. Or in the case, you know, at the beginning of the season, win one and lose the next like fifteen. So, um, all right. And then moving on to the four o'clock slate, four Eastern slate. Uh, There's a really good one. I think it's the lock of the week. It's the Bucks and the Jags. We looked at last week when the Bucks went into Lambeau, showed that they could put up forty points. I think you're going to see the same thing against a struggling Jags defense. And I think the positive here for the over is that the Jags are not going to score just one touchdown this week. They're going to come back. I think Trevor Lawrence will play. He'll be fine. They'll at least be able to put up, you know, two touchdowns, and then the Bucks can cover the rest, assuming the Bucs win. But um, I think that's going to be a high-scoring game. The line's only 41-and-a-half. So I took out over 41-and-a-half. I, um, I think that's pretty solid. Uh, so give me that. And then moving on, finally, to the Sunday night game. Broncos and uh, Patriots. That game is going to be low scoring. I think you're going to see the defense come out. You're going to see Chef Russell Wilson maybe cooking a little bit. Probably trying to reconcile his shit last week. But I'm going to take I'm going to take the under 36 and a half. I think that is solid pick. There's not going to be a lot of offense. Bailey Zappi, like I said last week, was a one and done. He scared the Chiefs a little bit last week The first first quarter But Bailey Zappi's a bitch They're not going to score a lot of points Give me the under Alright All right. And then finally Monday night Well Monday, no not Monday night football But we have Monday games, Christmas Day um, There's a couple of options there um, But I'm going to go I, I believe I'm taking I think I took the Chiefs Minus 9.5 Chiefs are looking good the Raiders are on a high horse right now after their 50-point win against the Chargers. That's going to come down. It's a letdown game for them. The Chiefs won last week handily. I think they're and they're playing at Arrowhead. You know, the Raiders are a dome team. It's going to be cold there. Actually, it's not going to be cold. I don't think it's going to be cold. I think it's to be in like the 50s. So I take that back. But it's still going to be chilly. So give me Patrick Mahomes resurging. Give me Travis Kelsey touchdown pass. Give me a touchdown reception. Give me the Chiefs minus nine and a half. Screw the Raiders. Chiefs all the way. All right. Um, Yeah.
0: So the picks are Rams minus three tonight. We got Steelers plus three tomorrow. Packers minus four on Sunday. Jags bucks over 41 and a half. Broncos, Pats under six, uh, 36 and a half on Sunday Night Football. And Monday Night Football, the line actually changed to 10, so it's actually better if you do it this way. Chiefs minus 10 because you could potentially get a push.
2: Oh, perfect. I love it.
0: So there you go. Um, those are good picks there. Alex, uh, I know while you're while you're here, I'd love to talk to you about a game we haven't talked about yet, the Texans versus Titans at home. Alex and Angela actually joined, and Bailey and myself this weekend at Nissan stadium for that game. I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Uh, I I know you had some word choice words for the Titans after the (laughs) game. And also today, while you were leaving, I'd love to just get your thoughts um, on record here for out of bounds.
2: Yeah. I just want to say, fuck the Titans. Let me just start with that. Yeah. Let me start with that. Um, The, you know, at the game, let me tell you at one point it was 13 to 0 you you suspect that it's it's going to be a runaway game 13 to 0 now you look at you look under the covers you know when you look under the covers you see a pick six to get you that 13 points that there, there was not a lot of offensive production so you know going into the second half you're like well all right it's you know they were up what 13 0 at half
0: 13 3 at half
2: 13 0 13 3 or something like that yeah, you think, okay, well, you know, still a little cautious. They haven't done anything on offense. Well, for some freaking reason, Derrick Henry was, I don't know, only had one uh, He's getting
0: a little robotic. Domo already got very robotic.
2: Need to blow up their stadium and get a, heads up, get a head start on their new stadium. Blow it up. They don't even need to play these next three games. Just blow it up and get the next one going.
0: Well, the only on. bad thing is, and the next stadium's going to be open in 2027. So it's going to be a few years before that stadium is open. Um, but I, I, I do want to say that in this game, the Texans faced Derrick Henry with a single high safety, eight snaps in the game. And then they had two high safeties, 53 snaps in the game giving Derrick Henry a less loaded box in that scenario, only seven defenders instead of eight defenders. But Derrick Henry's numbers did not look like numbers we had seen from Derrick Henry in the past. He had 16 carries for nine yards total in the game. That is the, I believe the lowest or second lowest yardage total he's had in a game in his entire NFL career. Which shows you also that the offensive line the Titans, in Tennessee is, is is abysmal.
2: The Titans would have been better off not playing Derrick Henry.
0: Potentially, that means you
2: give him those those five those five snaps that he either lost a yard or went nowhere. Give the ball to Will Levis and let him do a screen pass or let him you know throw the ball. That would they would have been better off doing that. The play calling was terrible towards the end. Also, the officiating was ass ass not good at all not could good. have been better the offensive pi at the end kind of screwed the titans over put the put the texans into the red zone or gave them a red zone opportunity so it was, it was crap it was crap definitely didn't help the old the chef in the kitchen that's for sure
0: absolutely um but. it was bad for both of us on sunday for the titans but angela is chiming in in the chat she is sitting next to you there in the car um chef russ hopefully he continues to cook a good game also let's go chiefs and abysmal speaking about the titans o-line is being nice um but it was still fun to have you guys at the game uh to see the titans play at least and they were in their ba- they were in their oilers uniform so you got to see the throwback jerseys one last time before we figure out if uh they actually bring them back moving forward hopefully they do And Angela said she yeah. had the best time. Uh, thank you for the great time. So you're welcome, Angela. I'm, I'm glad you guys were able to come. Um, but yeah, Peepers picks, once again, uh, a lot there. Um, and we got Rams minus three, Steelers plus three, Packers minus four, Jags, Bucks over 41 and a half, Broncos, Pats under 36 and a half, and Chiefs minus 10 on the weekend to wrap up week 16. Let's hope you can go 6-0 and this week, Alex. I got my fingers crossed for you. And I'm sure Tyler does as well. If we lose yep, to
2: the Panthers, I'm of. blaming Alex. Four one now. What Tyler? If we lose to what the Panthers, I'm blaming Alex
1: because the last three times he's bet on he's bet on us, we've lost, and when he bets against us, we win. So. Oh
2: yeah. Well, yeah. Same with my
1: work saying? because we had like the sheets of like the weekly opponents for the Packers, and they and it hadn't been filled out since we last uh, lost. And we filled it out like two weeks ago, and we started losing again. So I'm blaming whoever whoever filled it out. Yep
2: it's alex it was me
1: it was alex filling
0: out the sheet as well um but yeah once again alex thanks for joining us i know you're on the road so we'll let you get back to it but um we will have a merry christmas in nebraska and we will see you either next week we might not even have a show next week potentially uh we might have one in january instead to start the new year so we'll keep you all posted
2: if i go six and hour we're doing a show
0: Okay, if you go six and we will do a show next week. Okay, I, I, I will I will put that out there. So, um, uh, Mary Chrysler, Mary Chrysler, thanks Alex for so much for joining us once again. Alex Pieper with Peepers Picks right here on Out of Bounds with Dylan James. All right, I think that's it. That's all I had to say this evening about the NFL slate. I got two slate. quick things for you, really
1: fast though. Sure, sure, absolutely. So number one, obviously, we just talked about with the Titans. Do you think Derrick Henry will return back and be in the Titans uniform next year? He's a UFA.
0: There's two scenarios, I well three scenarios I see. I see one, the Titans signing him to a one or two year deal. Because I think that I think the biggest issue, it hasn't been Derrick Henry in particular, because we've seen him be productive this season in games where the offensive line was very bad. But I think the offensive line was just that much worse this weekend. So I, I can see them bringing Derek Henry back on a vet minimum deal, or, or it maybe a little bit more than that for a year or two to see if he can play better in front of a better line or behind a better line. So I could see them doing that. I could see them not signing him and him going to another team, potentially like the Dallas Cowboys. I could see that team potentially want to pick up somebody like that because Tony Pollard's not, as we've said on the show, not a number one guy. I think he's more of a complimentary running back instead of a feature running back. So I think they could be, they could benefit from having King Henry there in Dallas, or I just don't see Derrick Henry going anywhere else. And just waiting just... until maybe mid season next year where a playoff contender needs a running back. There's an injury that occurs and Derrick Henry goes to another team. Unfortunately, I, I, I hope it would be great to see him back in Titans again next year. At least one more year. be great to see him out there potentially hit 9,000 yards with us instead of 8,000 yards. I think it would be a great story for the Titans. I think it would be um, something that, that we would all love to see. But it just depends on what the number is, depends on what the money is, depends on how the team wants to shift their focus on their new offense, the new regime coming in over the next year or two. With Ryan Carthon and Mike Vrabel if there if Derrick Henry's even in their plan, in his plans. Um at the end of the day, I think the Derrick Henry the best chance for him to be a starting running back in this league still is with the Titans.
1: Yeah. And then this is gonna be a different question because obviously you guys just wore the throwback Oilers jerseys. Have you heard JJ's Watts uh full stipulation for it?
0: Yes that this game was going to be a, a, if you win, you get the Jersey and the colors or whatever. Idiotic, idiotic. (laughs) I, it's dumb. I, the Houston Texans are not the Houston Oilers full stop that the Texans are not the Oilers. The colors go with the organization, not with the city. So full stop. The Texans are not the Oilers. The Titans were formerly the Oilers. They were formerly the Tennessee Oilers in Memphis. So therefore, the jerseys are not yours. Are not yours. It's kind of. Someone was talking about this the other day on, on, I believe, ESPN or First Take or something. Said that it's kind of like if the Giants said, you know what? Jets, we want your jerseys. Because you're New York, we're New York. We want your jerseys it doesn't work that way. It's the organization. It's a different, completely different team. If you wanted those jerseys, guess what you should have done. You should have raised hell when the Texans, when the Oilers were saying, we're going to leave. If you guys don't give us money for our new stadium. And they said, no, we're not going to, we're not going to fund you. Okay. Then the organization got up and left. We've seen that time and time again, time and again, We've, it, it, we've also it, it's ridiculous.
1: It yeah. We've also seen it too, especially with like Cleveland and uh at Seattle for NBA where they've left. And then the team that came back became the Cleveland Browns. Like, cause I think the Cleveland Browns are technically the Baltimore Ravens right now. I think that's technically what their team is now. And then the Cleveland Browns came back te- technically, but it's a new regime. So if Houston, if they wanted to keep the Oilers tradition, they would have named themselves the Houston Oilers not the Houston Texans but yep. I just wanted to get your opinion on it and see if see what it's just you thought about it the argument on their
0: end on their side is idiotic plain and simple it's it's the same organization the Houston Oilers Houston Texans now the Redskins were they the, not the Washington football team were they not the Washington Commanders so it's not like they're saying, oh, we have to change our, 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 our jersey colors and all this stuff now because we're a different name. No, they have the same colors and everything. The, the, the history of the commanders is the history of the Washington Redskins. Same thing, same team. I, I, I don't know why people find it so hard to believe that a team can change their name, change states, and still be the same team organization same team i I don't get it i I still think it's an idiotic discussion um on everyone's side and people just fueling the fire i think that most of it is is clickbait you see it on barstool you see it with jj watt all these players it's just it's clickbait they want you to strike a, a, a discussion up about this whole scenario that is never going to change (laughs) <laughs> the, the Houston yeah, Oilers colors will always be the Tennessee Titans colors. It's a part of their legacy.
1: Yeah. Unless you were the Houston Texans. And when you got the new, got the new team again, you named yourself the Houston Oilers. Yeah. That would be the only reason that you would get the colors back. Cause that's exactly how the NBA is. So I think they're thinking about doing an expansion. I think they're thinking of putting a team back in Seattle with the Supersonics, giving them the same Supersonics sort of history, but Hey, it's a different team. It's a different regime because they're technically the Seattle Sea supersonics are the Oklahoma city thunder. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you got to look at that way and be like, Hey, look, yes, we're a new team, but we're still under the same different. We're the same team, but it's a different regime now. So I think if they would have done that, I think it would have been interesting, but I think now it's, it's too late, especially since they've been what a team since 91, 92, I think.
0: No, Kevin Durant got drafted. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking Houston Texans.
1: Houston yeah. Texans. Oh, Houston Texans. Yeah, no, they, Houston they... Texans was like '90s, '97, '98, '97, '98. Because I know, yeah, I know, I know. OKC was '2004, uh, mm. 2003, 2000, or no? When did? Oh my god, me saying when did?
0: Yes, yeah, but same thing though. With the yeah. Supersonics and the the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, when did Seattle leave? I think it was,
1: it had to have been early.
0: Oh, 708. Oh, okay. 708. That's a Hmm. lot
1: more recent than I thought, but that's like, that's still before I started watching basketball. Yeah. Yeah. I started watching it like 2017 which or 2015.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, once again, thanks for watching this week, guys. Feel free to subscribe to us on Facebook, on kick, on Twitter, on Twitch, on YouTube, Uh, Follow us there. Also, subscribe to our podcast on all your major podcasting platforms. We'd love to have you guys interacting with our content there. Merry Christmas to all of you. If we don't see you before, then Happy New Year as well. Because we might not have a show next week. Unless Alex goes 6-0 on the Peeper's Picks. We're not doing a show next week.
1: I'll just put it out there. I'm going going to forget somehow. And I'm going to message you and be like, hey.
0: We'll discuss that. Um, But we won't do a show unless we go 6-0 on Peeper's Picks. Which... With the track record we've seen so far, if, probably if history repeats itself, we probably won't get to that six and zero. But wh- who knows? Goes, May- maybe this week, maybe this week is is the difference maker. Maybe that Green Bay Packers minus four might be the deciding factor.
1: If he goes six and zero, could he run the show? Or Don't if he goes zero and six, does he run the show? Don't push it. Don't push it. <laughs> We'll we'll
0: we'll discuss more about that and see what the logistics are of an Alex Pieper led out of bounds show at another point in time. But once again, thanks so much for watching, guys. We will talk to you next year, right here, most likely, right here on Out of Bounds JDF Media.